0: Trust the only payment solution developed for attorneys and recommended by 47 state bars, LawPay. When most teenagers are focused on the SAT, Haley Taylor Schlitz was studying from the LSAT and managed to get accepted to nine law schools. I'm Stephanie Francis Ford, and on today's episode of the ABA Journal's Asked and Answered, she'll be telling me how and why she did it. Haley, welcome to the show, and Congratulations.
1: Thank you so much for having
0: me. Of course. So I think my first question for you is considering your academic accomplishments so far, do you have any LSAT study tips?
1: Uh, Yeah, I do. Uh, One of my main tips is to start earlier than you think you should. So if you think that you need three months to study, then maybe give yourself four or five. I studied about four or five months before the LSAT, and I was satisfied with my results. I got what I wanted. I used a a lot of different sources to help me study, but I guess one of the main tips for me was to study sooner than you you think that you need to.
0: And I'm curious, did you go to the prep class, or you studied on your own?
1: Yes, I did three different prep classes, and one of them was the Princeton Review Online, Uh and I think that one was one of them that helped me the most. I really like that one.
0: So, And were all of your prep classes online?
1: No, two of them were in person and one of them was online.
0: And I'm curious if that is kind of perhaps how you have approached school and that you cover all your bases to be prepared.
1: Yeah, I do. I pretty much approach, like you said, all of my schooling that way. Back when I was an undergrad, I would start all of my work as far ahead as I could get if the teacher released the entire syllabus at the beginning of the school year. Mm -hmm. I would be like a couple months ahead just in case there was any issues with any of the assignments or anything came up later in the semester. Um, That's pretty much how I operate.
0: And it sounds like between over four to five months, you took three different LSAT prep courses, right? Yes. Okay. Have you met other people who took that many in that time period?
1: Um, I, I don't know if I've come across people who have done three different uh, prep courses. Mm-hmm. I never really thought to ask people what other courses they were taking. Yeah. It was just the one course that we had in common. There are probably other people, though.
0: Did you do the Khan Academy LSAT prep, too?
1: No, I did not.
0: Ah. I see. And I know I read that you feel like your education experience has helped you see who you are at a young age and what works for you. Can you kind of talk about that?
1: Yeah, of course. So um, I think one of the main ways that my education has helped me, I guess, make myself was that all of the experiences have really helped shape me to who I am. And things like being able to know that I want to start all of my work at the beginning of the semester. I didn't do that when I first started undergrad, but after, like, experiences of having assignments that were due the next day or I had to pull some sort of all-nighter to, you know, study or write a paper, and I just didn't like that situation, so uh, I would adapt and start all of my work way sooner than it was actually due, so if I had questions or issues, I could ask them and not feel rushed. Things like that really helped shape me to know how I study and learn best um, and know myself better. I've really, really developed great time management skills because of my undergrad experience. And that's one of the things that I don't think I would have developed as strongly if I would have went a different route. Um, Hmm. A lot of things, a lot of experiences, I think, have really really changed me for the better, of course.
0: How old were you when you started um, your undergraduate work?
1: I was 13. I had just turned 14, actually, like a couple days before it started.
0: And how was that initial experience? Was it because you who would have been homeschooled for the most part before then, what was the differences there? And did it take some time to adjust uh, between homeschool and college classes?
1: Yeah, it was slightly different. And when I was homeschooled, I wasn't completely 100% homeschooled. I went to this sort of undergrad co-op kind of thing Mm -hmm. where you basically went to an actual physical building two times a week, and the rest of the time you were at home working off a syllabus that they posted online, kind of like undergrad. Um, And so they called themselves a college-style school. So it wasn't a huge jump where I have, like, somewhere where I go at my complete own pace and don't have super strong structure to undergrad where there's a lot more structure uh my homeschooling experience was kind of different, but um it still was you know a different environment, a different a different expectations. I had taken a summer course, an art appreciation course before I officially started undergrad in the summer, um so that my mom could uh, have me get a feel of what an undergrad course was like, the expectations, you know things like that. and um, I think that really helped me get like it was like a minor transition before I got into undergrad, and so that was really uh helpful. But it wasn't, I don't think it was a huge jump because of the summer course and the way I was homeschooled, but I could imagine it, it could be.
0: (laughs) Right. And I want to go back to, you mentioned how you learn to get things done early. What is your process for knowing when things should be done? I mean, do you have like a physical calendar? Do you put tickers in your phone? What's your process for being an organized student?
1: Yeah, I have two different main systems that I use. One of them is my calendar on the wall in my room, and another one is reminders on my phone. Um, they both kind of play different roles, like the one in my calendar in my room I have all my assignments on. The ones on my phone I have more event things that I have to physically be at. But also in my phone I'll sometimes have reminders for due dates and stuff um, that I – need like a specific reminder like oh yeah I should go check my calendar or check like I also have a giant whiteboard in my room and that's where I'll like write down all the things that I have to do like whatever I want to do like you know whatever class I want to do I'll write down the assignments that I want to do and once I finish them I'll check them off and so the reminder on my phone kind of reminds me to go upstairs and check my calendar and check my Uh, whiteboards. But yeah, those are the three, I guess, main systems that I use. And they didn't develop immediately at first. Like I said, at the beginning of my undergrad, my time management skills were not very good. But um, as I found my own way of helping myself remember what assignments I had and hadn't done, it became easier.
0: Do you have any advice on keeping track of paperwork, like rubrics or study guides or things like that, assuming it's not all online now?
1: Yeah, Uh, well, when it's not online, if it's like, um, if it's a rubric or something that I got handed out in class, I have a specific folder or binder for each class that I go to, and all my papers will be in there. And then if it's like a syllabus or something like that, like I said, I have giant whiteboards, and I will uh, get a magnet and put that syllabus underneath the class that I have labeled on the whiteboard so that if I ever wondered what assignments are coming up or what the requirements were, I could just look in the syllabus that's hanging right there.
0: Ah, I see that. That's smart. Um, now you went to public school until the sixth grade, right? And then you started yeah. doing homeschool. Was it not until the sixth grade that you? St- I'm assuming that pretty quickly you started working ahead of grades grade level in homeschool. Is that right?
1: I wanted to, but the school district that I was in didn't let me test for the Gifted and Talented program. So I was in the you know, general classroom. I didn't really get to work ahead like I wanted to or needed to in order to stay engaged and uh, interested. And so I did not actually get to until I was homeschooled.
0: Why would they not allow you to test for the GATE program?
1: They said that it was because you're only allowed to take the gifted and Talented test in kindergarten and not any other grade. And I was born in California, and so obviously I wasn't here in kindergarten, so I couldn't take the test.
0: Oh, wow. Huh. That, that's, that's really surprising. Yeah. Um, so tell me about you and your mom wrote a book about homeschooling, yes, we right? Did. Yes. Okay.
1: Tell me about your book. Um, to give a general gist of it, the, fir- the, the book has two main different parts. The first part of the book is really about how uh, this entire homeschool book is more for, aimed at children of color. And so the first half-inch of the book is directed at how the public school wasn't really designed with students of color in mind. Mm-hmm. When the public school was designed, uh, a, uh, the entire environment of our world was completely different the statistics of the majority in our country was different than what it is now. It was just a completely different situation, and how the public school, although it's designed for the general population, your student isn't the general population. And so that's really what the first half of the book is about. And using that as a bridge, the second part of the book is about homeschooling and how that's a great alternative, um, along with online schools and other things. But this book is, of course, about homeschool. And so how homeschool is a great alternative. Um, and then that, now the second half is about what we did personally, uh, what resources we really liked, um, what experiences we went through, things like that, more personal
0: Well, and you, uh, your siblings, you have a brother and a younger sister, right? And they went to homeschool as well. Are they in college now?
1: My brother is 13 and a freshman in college, and my sister's 11 and a freshman in high school.
0: Ah, I see. And based on you and your siblings' experiences, what could schools do better to be more supportive places for children of color?
1: I really think that you need to just let the child guide their own growth. I think that public school has a lot of structure, which is very beneficial in many ways, but it also suppresses growth in many ways. Um, With so much guidance and structure, the students don't necessarily grow in the direction that they wanted to or could have or as high as they could have gone um, had there not been so many limitations. You know, it's really difficult to, say, skip a grade. In public school, there are tests you have to take, people you have to convince And for it to be that difficult for a student to work at their own intellectual level, it shouldn't be that difficult for a student. If they're ready to move on, they should be able to. I think things like that, letting the student actually learn at their own pace, just because it isn't what the general population does, doesn't mean it's not what's best for the student.
0: Yeah. And I am curious, with so many public schools now, it's such, everything is focused on testing. I'm guessing there's not that much of a focus in homeschool. And when I say testing, I mean standardized testing like the MAP. Is there that much of a focus in homeschool as well, for the most part?
1: I mean, when it comes to standardized testing, like the STAR, the tax test, those are no longer uh, in the curriculum. But things like the SAT and ACT is something that you probably should sure. do to apply to the colleges that you wish to get into. Yeah. So that is something that I studied and took, um, and my brother studied and took. But no, not the star and tax and stuff like that.
0: Okay. And I saw where your mother is an ER doctor. I was curious if your parents kind of split up the homeschooling duties in terms of who oversaw ha- it and how they juggle that. And your father does uh, public relations work, right? Yes. I, I was curious how they juggled overseeing homeschool while having careers as well.
1: Yeah, no, it was kind of, you know, uh, it was it was a learning experience. But my mom, she is a doctor, but she doesn't work in, like, the emergency room, like like a standard doctor. She has multiple things that she does, and I could not tell you what she does. Mm-hmm. But uh, she does a lot of different things and ways that she could work at home or only work some days of the week. Um, And so my mom would, like, when I was homeschooled and my brother and sister, when all of us were homeschooled all at once, Um, It would be like my mom would help me and my brother and my dad would help my sister or my dad would help the younger two my mom, you know, like they would kind of split up the kids, which made it easier on both of them to only be, you know, to have a third or half of the work rather than all of the work. My dad mostly works from home. That's just where his job is. He has an office at our house and this is just where he sets up and does his work. So he's usually at home. And so that's where when my mom did have to go out and actually, like, you know, go to the physical building. To go to work, my
0: dad was at home. I see. Let's take a quick break, and when we come back, um, let's talk some more about what your plans are for when you start law school in a few months. We'll be right back. Did you know that attorneys who accept online payments get paid thirty-nine percent faster on average than those using traditional payment methods? With LawPay, the only payment solution offered through the ABA Advantage Program, you can accept client payments online, via email, or in person no equipment needed. Visit lawpay.com slash podcast to sign up and get your first three months free. And we're back. I'm Stephanie Francis Warren. And on today's episode of the ABA Journal's Asked and Answered, I'm speaking with Haley Taylor Schlitz. She's a 16-year-old from Texas who is going to be starting law school at SMU this fall. So Haley, what are you thinking law school will be like for you? What do you anticipate?
1: I anticipate a full-time job of reading uh, cases and studying, uh, something like I've never done before. I'm excited to do this. I'm excited to have intellectual conversations in class. I anticipate it's going to be difficult but doable.
0: Okay. Are you doing any of the pre-law prep courses that prepare you for the first year?
1: Yeah, I'm doing a Barbary course and an ACLU course, and then I'm also reading a whole bunch of law books that I find online.
0: (laughs) Oh, if you don't mind me asking, what law books are you reading? Just the reading assignments for the first year?
1: Yeah, the SMU has some, uh, like, prerequisite reading that they uh, want all the 1L students to read, and then also some power score books.
0: I see. You hear frequently, uh, especially from people whose parents are not lawyers, is that law school is just an entirely different animal than undergraduate, and it's kind of like you need to figure out the game to succeed. How are you going about, besides what you mentioned, are there other ways you're going about figuring out the game, so to speak, for your first year?
1: Yeah, I've been talking to a lot of lawyers and trying to get the gist of what their schedule was like off a question that I ask and hear asked all the time is how you balance law school with everything else in your life, every other personal aspect, and um, they always said that they dedicated specific time to, you know, the other aspects of life, you know, whether that be going to a movie or giving giving evenings off or Sundays off or whatever their plan was, and so uh, I've been attempting to make my own plan, but yeah, that's how I've I've been talking to a lot of lawyers and seeing what their experience was and what they did to make sure that their life did Their life remains some sort of balance.
0: How do you approach stress management?
1: Stress management. I usually make a list uh, when I'm stressed out. I'll make a list of everything I have to do, everything I've done, everything that I want to do. It's. I don't know why, but it helps a lot. Uh, the list are usually. Not necessarily needed because I already have plenty of lists, Uh, but it still helps when I'm stressed. Like, I feel like I'm missing something or I feel like I haven't done something or I'm going to forget something. I will definitely make a list.
0: I see. And are you, will you still be living at home when you
1: start law school? I will be.
0: And how did you decide on SMSU?
1: It was multifaceted. Um, the main reasons were because uh, the faculty was absolutely welcoming and lovely, and the students there are awesome. And I already have some pretty awesome friends, so you know, mm-hmm. it's a great campus.
0: Was that a concern that you weren't you weren't really sure how you'd be um, received at some law schools when you were applying?
1: It was. It was. It was a concern, and it did show itself, but. It didn't show itself in SMU. I was concerned that people might not take me seriously or didn't think that I could do it or handle the workload just because of my age, but that was not an issue with SMU. Do you
0: mind telling me, uh, perhaps fact naming the school, how it might have showed itself at other schools?
1: Yeah, there was one school in particular that I don't think had a lot of faith in my ability to do the work uh, in law school. I'm pretty sure it was the faculty that didn't think that I had what it took to be a law student, um, which I mean, that's their point of view. I I know I can do it, but you know, mm-hmm. it, it's good. I found the right school.
0: Do you feel like you did pretty well on the LSAT?
1: I do. I'm. I was. I was proud of what I got. Um, like I said, the Princeton Review helped a lot. It was. It was fantastic prep.
0: And I read that you're interested in doing education law. Yes. When you graduate, is that right? Yes. What would be the perfect job for you once you get done?
1: I mean, like, a gr- like in the grand scheme, I would want to start my own school. I'm a school where I mm. control what the rules are so that if a student who is gifted, they can, like, skip grades and stuff, and I just control the environment. Um, I feel like I could help a lot of students and their families that way. But, like, immediate goals fresh out of law school would probably be um, working in a law firm, because that's just, you know, a classic, and I would want that experience. Um, being on a school board of some sort, you know, things like that.
0: I read this morning, I think, that there are three law students in their teens coming up. I'm curious if you guys know each other and ever talk to each other.
1: I don't know them. I would love to meet them, though.
0: Yeah, <laughs> an unusual experience, huh? Yeah, and how are you? What are you planning on doing? Are you planning? And I guess you've kind of already done this at college. Do you get involved with some of the social aspects?
1: I did in college of your
0: education as well?
1: Yeah, in in college I was uh part of the Student Government Association and the Leadership Institute and those were really fun. They were really beneficial and I think they really helped me, you know, uh learn to interact with other students and develop leadership skills and stuff like that. Uh in law school, especially the first semester, I don't plan on being super active. Um, especially because I hear that it's the most difficult semester of all of law school because of the transition. Yeah. So the most I,
0: difficult and the yeah, most important.
1: Yeah, I've heard both of that. So I don't plan on being super active, really just dedicated to the school and the workload.
0: And I was curious, you mentioned that you felt like some schools it just wouldn't be the right fit. Have you developed a way um, over the past, your time in college, to make people, maybe make them feel more comfortable even though you're young, and you could, how do you assess whether they're comfortable? How, how do you deal with that in college when you feel like someone is awkward because you're younger than they are?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think one of the main things that really helps people I mean, realize that I'm not as strange as, or, you know, as rare or super genius as maybe I sound is by just having a conversation with them. I think once people realize that I do have social skills and that I can talk and I can, you know, make jokes and laugh and communicate and I'm not, like, some super, like, nerd who can't communicate at all, Mm -hmm. um, I think it makes it easier on them to, like, realize, okay, she's not, she's not, like, like an alien. I'm still human and we can, like, totally communicate and connect just because I'm younger doesn't mean, doesn't make a difference.
0: Do you ever feel, like, also that because you've accomplished so much, people just have these crazy, maybe unattainable expectations for you, for people who don't know you?
1: I feel like sometimes people could imagine that I will do things that I don't have goals set for myself that are pretty high. I've never come across somebody who has goals that I feel like are too high for me to reach. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't, I mean, maybe because people don't, you know, set goals for other people or just because my goals are so high that nothing seems higher. But uh, no, I've never really come across somebody who has too high expectations.
0: If you you don't mind sharing them with me, what are your goals for your first year in law school?
1: My goals for my first year are really just to figure out how to law school, uh, how to be a law student. I mean, I really want to figure out how to do really well on my finals. I don't really know how to go about doing that yet because I know that there's no other test besides that one. So there's not like necessarily an ample amount of feedback. But um, yeah, that would be my goal, I guess, to figure out how to be a good test taker in law school and then develop a good study habit for law school.
0: Gotcha. And do you mind telling me the other law schools that you got offers from?
1: Yeah, let's see if I can name them all. I feel like there's always one that I'm missing, so we'll try. (laughs) Um, Let's see. There was A&M, SMU, of course. There was Thurgood Marshall, Little Rock in Arkansas, St. Mary's. Um, Oh, God, there's a few that I'm missing. Texas Southern, Houston Law Center, there's some that I'm missing. There's always some that I'm missing, because I feel like I I've missed. Well, them all. That's,
0: that's a good amount. <laughs> <laughs> and what are, you mentioned that you're preparing for law school? But besides that, how are you? How are you spending this summer? Your last summer before law school.
1: I mean, I have a couple vacation trips planned with my family, um, but besides that, it's pretty much just law reading and you know law camps and. Anything I could do to be as fully prepared as I can be for law school.
0: (laughs) Do you have any advice maybe for someone who's in junior high or who is thinking about homeschool or maybe for a parent who's thinking about homeschooling their child? Do you have any advice?
1: Yeah, I do. I would say that I know a lot of parents are nervous or scared about homeschooling their child because, at least for my family, uh, my mom and dad couldn't fathom teaching me everything that I needed to know to be successful. Like, how could you teach everything that the school teaches? But I think something that, I mean, I can imagine would be comforting to hear is that you're not alone. You know, you don't have to teach your student everything. You don't have to know everything. There are schools who could help you. You could do, like I said, like I did, you could go 2 days a week. There are tutors you can hire, online courses you can use. It's not only up to you. You know, it's there's a community out there that could totally help you and, you know, my mom's part of like Facebook groups and stuff where there's a whole homeschool community and you can ask them questions and get advice. It's not it's not as lonely as it seems like it would be. And I can, I mean, I feel like if I were a parent, that would be comforting for me, you know, because that would be one of my main concerns is how do I prepare my child for the world? And if it's all up to me, you know, it's like nerve wracking, you know, I don't want to fail them, but like, you're not alone. And I think that's something that a lot of people should hear.
0: Great. And that's everything I wanted to ask you today, Haley. Would you like to add anything else?
1: No, those were great questions.
0: All right. Well, thank you for joining us. I'd also like to thank our listeners for tuning in. If you like what you heard today, please find us and rate us in Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcasting app. We'll see you next time for another episode of the ABA Journals Asked and Answered.